Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Talk, and delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Hello. And Jake, that's me. We're on the tube. We are on the YouTube for this episode. Whose tube? Use tube. And goodbye, everybody. <laughs> that was it. That was the worst thing we've ever done on our show. And thankfully, it was our first video nah. episode. <laughs> you know what? It, I've been going through our episodes for episode 100. <laughs> Not the worst thing we've done on the show. I wish that I would have been keeping track of especially bad moments mm-hmm. that we could make a nice compilation of terrible things. I've got a lot of bad clips on my computer that we're going to throw in there. Good, good. Well, I, all, whenever I run into something, I'm like, well, we got to cut that out. That's terrible. I save it. I put it in a little folder <laughs> of all of our bad clips. Good. So we got them. Oh, man. What a great idea for a 100th episode. Everything Can't wait till we get there. Bad. Everything bad we've ever cut out of the show that we thought you shouldn't hear. Uh, well, we're here today. Yes. To discuss American literature True. and the state of the publishing industry. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to do that via Master and the Apprentice. <laughs> the Master and the Apprentice. Dark Side of the Moon. What's <laughs> Transformers 5, the Master and Apprentice. <laughs> what is the Master and Commander? Far Side of the World. Far Side of the World. <laughs> but there is a Far Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. Is Transformers. Dark Side of the Moon is Pink Floyd. Dark of... The l- lighter is Bix. Gavin. Or Gavin. Oh, okay. Yeah, we both got there. Because <laughs> we're a Star Wars podcast. Correct. And obviously. Speaking we- of Star Wars, mm-hmm. hey guys, we're talking about mm-hmm. a Star Wars book. Yes. A good one. Spoilers. A good one. I can only assume. Yeah. Now, back in my day, mm-hmm. when we first started this shenanigan uh, mill that we have, <laughs> we. Usually when we did a it's book. my favorite Star Wars character, Shenanigan Mill. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Shenanigan Merc. Oh, um, shout out. Shout out. To Shenanigan Merc. Shenanigan Merc. We would do book episodes, but only one of us would read the book. And then would, that person would have to describe it to the rest of us. Because we were lazy and had lives. That's not why, but that's what we did. And I have not read all of this book. I've read a third of it. Mm-hmm. I, so I've read Master. <laughs> but you haven't gotten to The Apprentice. I haven't gotten yet. to And or Apprentice. Right. So um, but you've read the whole darn thing. I have read this thing. whole darn thing. I have indeed. Give me a ranking from our cl- – you know what? Let's introduce the viewers to do our ranking Do we start system. with our ranking? No. We, don't, we never do we'll that. We'll save it. We'll save it. But guys. We, hold, on, hold on for our <laughs> ranking system. Okay. Master and Apprentice. Yeah. This is a book – that combines Master and Commander and The Apprentice. Yeah. How do we podcast again? It's been a while. Well, we usually start with a segment, a secret segment that, that I have this week that I've brought to the table. We're doing it on this? Oh, my God. You might win as an injury live on air. <laughs> yes, you might. Yes, we're doing a secret segment. Oh, my God. Uh, that I told you about earlier this week. Yeah, I guess I thought this was going to be something related to episode 100. Absolutely not. It's totally unrelated to okay. anything we've ever done before. Sorry. Don't have to um, get mad. No, <laughs> too late, buddy. Actually, no, I can't be mad because of the oh, segment and okay. how happy I am to do it. So, 
as usual, we're we're gonna do another secret installment of the of the segment that we all love that we do every time. Say it with us. It's called Carly Reviews Jepson. <laughs> Where I review the newest Carly Rae Jepsen album that just came out on Friday. Oh, boy. So here we go. Let's go through this album. Now, you may know... Carly Rae Views Jepsen? Carly Rae Views Jepsen. Good. Our classic segment. Our classic segment that we've done. Play the theme. Okay. We've done it a million times. Yeah. Podcast. Uh, okay. So, you may or may not know who Carly Rae Jepsen is. She has... I know hits- one person that does. And it's me. Oh, okay. I was going to say another person, but I don't want to ruin the bit, just in case it's Max Landis. (laughs) Oh, uh, no. He probably does. We talked about that at length on our show. This is why I feel bad about my Carly Rae Views Jepsen segment, because I don't want to be compared to Max Landis, that that traitorous traitorous hound. That murderous snake. That murderous snake. I really do like Carly Rae Jepsen, though. It started as a bit on one of our episodes yeah, where I threw in a bunch of her songs. I don't even remember why. Well, we did talk about that creepy Max Landis blog. Is that what it was? And in that about... whole episode, I put a bunch of Carly Rae you Jepsen. You did do that. Okay. Well, it turns out I actually really like Carly Rae Jepsen's hey, music. Um, I not... found this out about Taylor Swift and me. Yeah. We like each other's music. <laughs> she loves your music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she just had a new album come out earlier this week. It's been on constant repeat for me at work. Thankfully, I was the only one at work this week, so I could just blast it as loud as possible. So the the album starts with the track Julian. Now that's a little upbeat number. You hear it swelling behind you because I'm an idiot and I'm gonna put a bunch of production behind this and Good. play all these songs. Uh, it's a it's a great way to start the album. I'd give this song a solid eight out of ten. This okay. is a this is a club banger, is what the kids would say. Sure, very good. Uh, we go to No Drug Like Me, the the second song. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember what that one sounds like right at the moment, but I'm sure it's great because there's no song on this album that's under a seven. Uh, oh, okay. Next, we go to Now That I Found You. I don't really care. Want You In My Room? Yeah, that's a really good one. Want You In My Room. I will say, more than previous albums, like previous albums, you have Char- 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 Charlie Ray Jepsen. <laughs> Her dad. Her dad. on the album sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, the big hit from her last album was I Really, 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 Really Like You. Okay. You know. Yeah, as we all know. As, as we all know. you Everyone's heard it. Um. It's a good song, very good song. That whole album is very great. It's called Emotion. It's a great album. Go check it out. Give her, give her your money. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I I could see some people complaining about that album as having kind of like teenager child like lyrics. Like yeah. it's a little like I really 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 like you. Whatever. Got now me. now this album this album gets a little more adult. Okay. I don't mean like adult themes. Like she's talking about you know. I'm like, listening. Like, she's talking about, like, you know, politics. Going to a lawyer. Going to a lawyer. Folding your socks. Doing That's not a what I mean. tax. Doing a, doing a tax. She doesn't talk about that. Yeah. She gets, like, really adult. We're like, I really, really like you would now be something like, I want to get in bed with you. Whoa. So, she's getting really adult in this album, but it, it works. Um, so, want you in my room, you can just imagine. Sure. Everything he needs. Now, this is the standout track of the album for me personally. Gotcha. As Carly Rae Jepsen. Everything you need. Everything I need is in this song. It's so great. It's playing behind me right now because it just sounds so great. And here's, here's yeah. the chorus. Hey. 
Okay, you just heard the chorus. It's so great. On YouTube, you didn't. Okay. Um, great song. Happy Not Knowing, great follow-up to that song. Really good. I think I want to go back because I think No Drug Like Me is actually a really good song. Sounds really 80s. Good song. Anyway, you keep going. Automatic, automatically in love. I give that one like a 9 out of 10. Sure. That's a good one. I'll be your girl. Let's give that one an 8 out of 10. Why not? Uh, Party for one. Now, that's the most adult of all the songs on the album. I'm not going to spoil what that song is about, but boy, just go listen to it. I got a it. feeling I know what I'm about. Yikes. Okay, so go listen to the whole album. It's really good. Carly Rae Jepsen, Dedicated is the album name. It's out on store shelves right now. Find it on Amazon Music. Find it on Spotify. It's Great. everywhere you can get your music. Cool. This has been Carly Rae Views Jepsen. Please go listen to her music. This is not a bit. She's great. Podcast. Okay. Well. <laughs> There's my secret segment that I told you was going to change our show. Well, I feel changed. Yeah. In that I feel... Like I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of just, I kind of just hit you with a bunch of stuff right there. You did. Yeah. Was I supposed to understand something? No, it's just a really good album. I want people to go listen to it. <laughs> good. That's well, now it. you have to do the segment that I want to do on the next episode that I haven't told you about. Oh, great! You have a secret segment. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. You're not gonna like it. Oh no. I didn't like that. <laughs> well, I figured you wouldn't. <laughs> well, speaking of Carly Reviews Jepsen. And I don't know why I said I didn't like it, because we do it all the time. We do that segment all the time. You hate it every time, I know. But yeah, it, we, you know do, we do it all the time. I'm nothing if not consistently hateful. True. Not of Carly Rae Jepsen. No, she's But great. of Carly Rae Views Jepsen. Yeah, this segment's not great. It's not my best segment I've ever done. Now, have you done another segment? No. I don't think you I have. Don't think I, <laughs> I don't think you have. So. This is my one true segment that yeah. I, I, yeah, I decided to deal with. We don't often swing for uh, non-irony on this show. No. Yeah. That, that, I'm being sincere. It's a great album. You like that album a lot? I like that album a lot. So now that everyone has stopped listening. Yeah. We like to get a healthy amount of listeners out at the door right yeah. away every if week. You don't, if you don't love us at our worst, you don't deserve us at our best. Yeah. If podcast. you don't love us at our Carly Reviews Jepsen, <laughs> you don't deserve us at the rest of this episode, which is going to be our best episode ever. Absolutely. Starting now. We've only gotten better with each episode. Yeah. that's uh, You can't argue with that logic. Can't. Um, can't, won't, shouldn't. Shant can't. Shant. Merg. Now, we are obviously been all podcast long talking about Master and Apprentice. I don't know if there's anything left to talk about with it, really. It seems like we've covered it pretty thoroughly. <laughs> we can try. But uh, chapter one, go. What happens? Chapter one, I don't remember what happens in chapter one. Oh. Is what? every is every chapter every at chapter. least a seven out of ten? Yeah. Okay. Every chapter is at least a seven out of ten. Okay. Let's actually get it. A brief synopsis okay. of this book. What is it about? So, Who's the master? The master? Qui-Gon Jinn. You may have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty sure he's the star of a little movie <laughs> called The Phantominus. Yeah, pretty much. A.K.A. Tipham. A.K.A. Tipham. And uh, who's the apprentice? Well, the apprentice, now that's a funny thing. You might think... The friggin' president? The president? No. <laughs> no, it's not him. Okay. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I couldn't think of a good bit, so I was just yeah. going to say it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The president... Of saying hello when he's there. Hello there. So the apprentice is Obi Wan Kenobi. The master is Qui Gon Jinn. This is, um, I'd say, like in the middle of their relationship, in the middle of their yeah uh, master and apprentice ship. They've been together for like a couple years. It seems yes. like, and this is several years before Phantom Menace. Pre tip them. Um, Pre tip them. 
it, it reminds me a lot of the series that Isaac was reading on the show, the, yeah. Jedi, the Jedi Apprentice series. I know. Except written It like, has for one of the adults. words in it. It does. Yeah. It has Apprentice in it. That's the one. So, Master and Apprentice. Yeah, it, and it, it does remind me a lot of that old series, except it is not a young, it's not a young adult book. It's a little headier. It's a little headier. the Jedi Apprentice books yeah. with Dr. Evil E.X. Perriman. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that bit. Shout out to, <laughs> Shout Isaac. Out to Isaac. Um, But it is very good. It goes through their their journey of, uh, they're kind of at a tumultuous point in their relationship because- Yeah, they're like going to break up. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Because at this point- they just don't they don't gel with each other. They don't get along that well. Not like yeah. they're not fighting all the time. It's just Qui-Gon feels inadequate of teaching specifically Obi-Wan because of how different their personalities are. Qui-Gon, much like in Phantom Menace, is kind of like, I'm out here, I'm gonna do things my way. Obi-Wan a is a bit like, more of a rogue. A bit more of a rogue. Obi-Wan's like, we should always do things by the book. Constantly holding a rule book. He kind of is in this book. And is looking at yeah. it with gigantic glasses and an accountant's visor. That's pretty much what he's like in yeah. this in this book. Um so there's a little there's a little conflict there. The the central conflict of the book, I think, is that after they come home from a mission, they the council approaches Qui-Gon and asks him to be part of the Jedi Council. Um because someone's retiring, which I thought was kind of interesting. I just, that like, was weird. I was like, yeah. I just figured they were there till they die, but someone is like, I'm getting too old for this. I'm going to step down. Yeah, not quite um, like the Supreme Court, it would seem. Yeah, no, you're not in it till you die. You can choose. I guess the Supreme Court, they could choose to step away. It's just, I guess it but is kind of similar to Supreme Court. It is Court kind of similar. In that it's just kind of not done very often. Right. Right. It has to be pretty extreme circumstances. But I think it seems like this guy is just getting kind of old and he wants to not be on the council anymore. So they offer it he to Qui-Gon. He wants to go to Space Florida. He wants to go to Space Florida. Now, at the same time, Qui-Gon has been considering whether or not to break up with Obi-Wan. Yeah. And, and try and find Obi-Wan a different master because they're just not working together. I think on the first mission the book starts with is like something happens and there's like a miscommunication between them. Yeah. And it's and not the first time it happened. and. I will say that first mission with them where Obi-Wan messes up, it's a really weird, minor, and specific thing that he yeah. messes up with. It doesn't it was, seem like that big of a deal. It didn't seem like a big deal to me. But, I, I, and I maybe that was the point, but it was a little lost on me on how I was supposed to feel about what happened as seemed, a reader. To me, I guess what I took from it is that it's not really there was one big thing that has caused a rift between them. It's just lots of little things. This is another little thing in a long line of little exactly. things. Exactly. This has been going on for since since That's what started. I was called when I was born. <laughs> another little thing in a long line of little things. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, the book continues from there. There while Qui-Gon says he needs time to think about it, they are assigned another mission. So the the rest of the book takes place on the the main plot of the book with this undercurrent of the struggles of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to get along. Yeah, uh, running through the whole thing. The plot is uh, also kind of strange. Yeah, in that it involves looking for another former Jedi, right? Well, or not, not really. They know where he is, and he is still kind of a Jedi. You're talking about Rail, yeah, Rail Avaros. Yes, he is still a Jedi. Mm. He is someone who, um, 
he is Dooku's first apprentice, this Rail Avaros. Uh. Is Dooku's first apprentice. So that's why Qui-Gon knows him. Because when Qui-Gon became Dooku's apprentice, this Rail was there. Because as you can imagine, Dooku was kind of cold and not really welcoming to Qui-Gon. But this Rail came in, boisterous personality, really friendly guy. And he helped Qui-Gon when he was a young kid. So half, not half, but a lot of the book is flashbacks of Qui-Gon and Dooku, which I really liked. Yeah. That was very cool um, to have a young a young Qui-Gon in there. Um, Why? Well, I'm assuming we're going to get to like fun yeah, details. We'll get later. to fun details. Okay. Later. But, but so this rail, there's a mystery behind why he isn't something happened with him on a mission and his old apprentice, his old apprentice is dead. Qui-Gon has some reservations about uh, working with him. But what the council did is they sent this rail Avaros away to a planet that needed a, um, like the king of this planet died, his daughter was too young to rule, and what what do they call that? Um, oh, dead. Oh yeah, dead. That's what I was thinking of. No, he is the rail. The Jedi is um like he's the king, but not the king. What the is heir? that called? What is that called? The heir. Not the heir. He's not related at all. He's the just, rightful king. He's just in charge until the queen is old enough. Oh, yeah, like an intermediary. Yeah, I can't, they, they right. say There's something in it. There's a word for it. I don't know what it is, and I'm an idiot. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. We won't. Riley was trying to think of the phrase, the king regent. But anyway, he is kind of in charge of the planet while the queen is getting older. And she's almost, now she's like almost 14 or something, and she's about to take over. They got a real Naboo thing going on there. Uh... So anyway, it's but there have been attempts on her life and there have been assassination attempts in general and kind of some turmoil going on in that planet. So Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are sent there to assist Rail in the final days of his term. Yeah. And Rail is still a Jedi, but it is so separate from the Order yeah. that he is kind of cynical towards it. He's kind of like Qui-Gon if if Qui-Gon was like separate from all other Jedi for eight years. Yeah. Like, the book starts with rail, like and uh, and some woman in his room. Like he's just right. sleeping around with everybody. Yeah. He's, uh, we'll talk about how I feel about the council and their assignment and ascending rail to do this assignment. Yeah. It's very crazy because obviously he wasn't, he shouldn't have been doing this, but anyway, he's, he's just kind of out there. He's still technically a Jedi in name, but, uh, I mean, his name is Rail. His name is Rail. Yeah. He has a lightsaber. He can use the Force. But that's kind of where similarities between him and the Jedi are. Yeah, personality-wise. Yeah. Not so Jedi-like. Not so Jedi-like. But yeah. he's an interesting character. I really like Rail. Good addition yeah. to the canon. Mm-hmm. So, this book, from what I have read, I haven't finished it. You have. You've I read have. the whole darn thing. I've read the whole darn thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. The best thing about the book is that it really is just made up of all of these one-on-one intimate conversations between Jedi. Yeah. Talking about the Force. Different philosophies. Different philosophies behind it, which is something that you always want, but you usually just get little snippets of it here and there spread throughout canon. And this is just like, that's the backbone of the book. It is. Is disagreements uh, philosophically with how the Force is used what the Jedi should be. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I liked it. It um yeah, there there the plot is is very secondary up until the the last third things kind of 
go off the rails, if, okay. if I might. Okay. Uh, I don't understand it, but I'm assuming I will later. Rail. His name's Rail. Off the I don't get it, but I'm <laughs> assuming I'll get it later. We'll, we'll make you get it in post. Riley was alluding to the fact that the phrase going off the rails is similar to the name of the character of Rail Avaros. So he, it, it, some crazy things do end up happening. I suppose we'll, are we in spoilers right now or? Let's spoil it. Let's spoil it. If you don't want to be spoiled on this book, do you recommend reading it? Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. It's up there with, I haven't even finished it, but it's up there with the best of new canon. I'd put it, I'd put it in my top three of new canon for sure. I would agree. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, up with certain point of view and like maybe the aftermath series and then this bloodline maybe bloodline's really good too. I I would put it probably above bloodline. I really enjoyed this. It's big talk right there. Big talk, but it's a good book. So go read it if you big uh, talk good book. That should be the title. <laughs> that should be the title. Big talk good book <laughs> and apprentice. Um, far side of the dark of the moon. Spoilers for this book. Uh. They're trying to find the the person behind all of these terrorist attacks and attempts on the the princess's life. Turns out it is the princess. Oopsies. Um. So she, part of what they're part of what they're doing. Star Wars has been really interested in hyperspace lanes lately. Yeah. We just was that a book we went, read recently that dealt with um, hyperspace. I think. And did like, it come up in Queen's Shadow at all? Yes, that's what it was. It was in Queen's Shadow. There was a lot of talk there about opening a, a hyperspace lane and the political ramifications. Yeah, this book is also kind of the same thing. The system that this planet is in is has been shut off for most of the Republic for a long time, but they're about to open a hyperspace lane to allow travel through that system, so you, you can like cut down on like months of travel from a couple other mm. systems. Um. And but to do that, they're having to join the Republic officially, which means they have to get rid of for some reason, they have to like get rid of the absolute monarchy right mm. now. Like the, the, the princess's father was an absolute monarchy had 100 percent control. Now they're going to a more democratic system where she still kind of has power, but not absolute. power. More like how Naboo works. More like how Naboo works. Um, Naboo works. Naboo works. Um, so. She seems on board with that. Rails on board with it from the moment he got he's there. He's on the rails. He's on the rails. The Jedi ha- are want they want this hyperspace lane to happen, um, and so that was kind of his mission to to raise her. You know, from when she raise. was like two years old, raise her. It turns out she is actually not cool with giving up her absolute power. She wants to be queen, and she's kind of hid her personality from Rail for like their entire time together. Which just like totally throws him into a tailspin, a rail spin, because he thought he knew her so well. He thought that they were actually friends, and it turns out she's like, "No, I want you dead. I want the, I want everybody out of here." And so that that is like how the plot ends up. It's like all this intrigue of Obi Wan and Qui Gon trying to figure out who's behind all the terrorism. That sounds good. It's her. It's very that sounds good. like some old canon yeah. business right there. And I really, I kind of wasn't expecting it. It kind of, yeah. it kind of surprised me when I got to the point where we found out it was actually her plan all along. There's a, a little bit of dryness, I think, to new canon in some yeah, ways. It doesn't get into the more like arch villainy and things yeah. like that, like the old books used to, which is fine. But yeah, it's just different. Now that we're reading old canon books, I, I miss some of the the whimsy and yes. silliness of it. 
And this book feels like old canon in a very good way. It's a very whimsical novel. I think that's a good title, yeah. a, a good description for it. But it um, it should be called Masters of Whimsy. It should. And Apprentice. It really should. That should be the full title. That's not a bad... I mean, it is. Masters of Whimsy Mas- and Apprentice. <laughs> not great a star wars story a star wars story <laughs> it um and it does a good job of like there are three or four characters in there that seem suspicious that you can't trust yeah so that's you're, true you're constantly going like well it's probably this person zerka zerka we need to have a conversation, have a about, conversation this. about zerka you're welcome uh christy golden for giving you the idea or this is claudia gray claudia gray claudia gray for uh, for reminding for you reminding that you Zerka through exists. our RPG that Zerka exists. Yeah, when we did in the audio book, they play that song you made. They no, they don't. <laughs> when we uh, up until this book, Jake thought that Zerka th- was something I made. Up. I thought you made it up. Yeah, I thought it was a play on Cezethros. No, that would have been funny, and but it was not. It was it's not. a real thing. It is a real corporation like, in Star Wars. Get out of town. Yeah, just quick, turn around and get back in town so you can get out. <laughs> And uh, but they're back. Yeah. They're they, back, baby. They were very much. Uh, I think they might have started in the old Republic games um, oh. as a corporation, and then they made it in their way into like other like. There's something that has been around in the book. They say that no one's quite sure how long Zerka has been a corporation, but it possibly precedes the Republic, is what they say. That's weird. Which is very weird. You think they're planting some seeds there? I don't know. For some further Zerka? It's very interesting. Further Zerka? Though. That's not a bad name for the further, next Zerka. Further Zerka. <laughs> further Zerka. <laughs> further Zerka. <laughs> but yeah, so Zerka is, is, in this book, they are now canonically something that has been around longer than the Republic. Uh, interesting. Jeez. Well, our version of Zerka has been around for longer than this canonical version of Zerka. That is true. We brought it back before canon did. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'm also going to say. Okay. When we talked about uh, Inferno Squad, I wrote about it for our website. Yeah. I remember this. I tagged Christy Golden. I remember this. On the the tweet, Mm -hmm. she read it. What did she... She complimented it and made it seem like she didn't just brush it aside. Right. She wrote Queen Shadow. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't. She wrote Queen Shadow. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think it was Christy Golden. Oh, no. It was uh, the person who wrote the Ahsoka novel. No, my theory fell apart. It did. Why who, did I think that Christy Golden novel? wrote? You're right. It's definitely not the same thing. I can't remember. I can't remember her name, but she wrote the Ahsoka novel. I will fix it in post. The author the boys are trying to think of is E.K. Johnston, who wrote both the Ahsoka novel and Queen's Shadow. God, we need to talk about Queen's Shadow, too. We do. Because... I like that book a lot. We need to talk about that because there was a lot of really good parallels between that, which is a solo Padme story. Mm -hmm. Not Han Solo Padme, but just... (laughs) Solo, a Padme story. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Hurts my brain. Uh, There's a lot of parallels, like, directly with... Claudia Gray's Leia book, mm. which they are both young, up and coming leaders who are entering a new position of leadership. Yeah. And are feisty and want to do their own thing. And they both do a very similar thing at the beginning of their book, where Leia uh, frees slaves on uh, that uh, Jetta, not Jetta. What's the. What, Kashik? Not Wakanda. Uh, What's that place where the prison is at the Wabani. beginning? Wabani. Wabani. Obi-Wan, but yeah. Wabani. 
Yeah, that's right. So she frees like the Wabani slaves. Okay. Uh, and then Padme does another reckless thing at the beginning of her book where she like frees some enslaved people. There's just like, like, a lot of good little parallels. That, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I, I never read that Leia novel because you guys told me to skip it, but you know. I did not. I Oops. think Isaac was Isaac not did. as high on it. You know what? We yeah. kicked him off the show. We kicked him off because of that opinion. It took <laughs> it us a while. It all started there. It took us a while. It all eventually. started with that Leia conversation. I think we've blamed something else on kicking him off the show before. In hindsight, it's like Obi-Wan and Quiet. A lot of little things. <laughs> a lot of little up. things, yeah. Uh, but you know, you know, now we're best friends and we he's our apprentice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're his masters now. We're the captains now. Another interesting thing about Master and Apprentice, the title of this book, mm-hmm. there are a lot of, um, s- there's a lot of slavery in this book as well, uh, put in a bad light, of course. Um, Good. Good. <laughs> that seems but appropriate. Qui-Gon, even back in this book, Qui-Gon is kind of pushing back against um, slavery, just the idea of slavery, which I agree with. I happen to agree with Qui-Gon that slavery is bad. Wow. Okay. Weird I don't know flex, about but I don't okay. know about you, but I don't like to comment on those sorts of things. No, obviously not. I don't want to say whether slavery is good or bad. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but Zerka trades in slaves. Like the the reason Zerka makes so much money mm. is that be, is they they own slaves, and the system is so corrupt that Zerka can get slaves from a non republic system. They can bring them into a republic system, and because they are a corporation and they are mm. not enslaving people from that system, there's like a technicality that they can get around the law. So there are slaves on Coruscant. Like this ah. book mentions slavery on Coruscant, but because it's all done under this private corporation, yeah. which it seems crazy to live in a world where corporations will get more rights than people and that they would be protected. That doesn't sound relatable. Doesn't Star sound Wars like is getting some, too out there. It's for getting me. too out there. But that's that's the case. Like this corporation is more protected than the people it is enslaving, and the Jedi yeah. aren't doing anything about it. Right. And I, I want to talk more about Yoda in this book because, boy, every time yeah. I get prequel era Yoda, he's just the worst, and I really hate prequel era Yoda. Yeah, Claudia Gray picked up on the fact that prequel era Yoda is is like definitively not the enlightened Yoda that no, we see. He's really not in Empire. He is, in fact, a lot of times wrong in this mm-hmm. book from a basic from a moral, moral standpoint, standpoint. Yes. Whereas the reader, you're like, wait, why would Yoda think that? But yeah. then you see him in the movies and the way he responds to conflict, and you're like, yeah, this is that's on, Yoda. It's on, yeah, it doesn't feel out of character for prequel Yoda in this book. But it this is, is just why annoying. I just do this to you. Mm-hmm. I don't like to bring this up because no. I know how you feel. Yeah. This is why in Revenge of the Sith, what? I love the moment where. That fight takes place in the actual Senate room. Mm-hmm. You see the literal destruction of the Republic. Yeah. Yoda fails. And when he like sits in that, in like uh, a little Bale's ventilation car. Shaft. <laughs> <The> oh. Ventilation shaft. <laughs> when he sits in Bale's car, he like kind of like puts his hand in his chest and he says like, failed I have. Like he seems like really, you can almost see in his eyes like. I've been wrong this whole time. Yeah, he's talking about more failure more than just failing killing the emperor. Yeah, he wasn't he's failed. He was just like, I have definitively failed. He failed the Republic hardcore. Gonna go think about some things for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets better. And then he he's gets better. better. <laughs> it gets better for it Yoda. It gets better for Yoda. If, you, if any little Yodas out there, it gets if you better. are Yoda out there right now, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. You just go hide on a swamp That's for all a you while. Gotta do. You build a little tiny house and it make gross soup. 
I want to try that soup. Is it really that gross? I feel like seems like I, it's probably pretty gross. I feel like Yoda's just or Luke is just being a big baby. Well, that would be in character. So just poof. eat the soup. That wouldn't Luke. be that surprising. Has he ever had soup before? Maybe it's just regular. Maybe it's Campbell's chicken noodle soup. No, I'm saying Luke and this grew guy, up on Tatooine. That's think, what I'm saying. Do you think they're drinking soup on Tatooine? This is why I'm saying he, he Yoda. Yeah. Little Yoda's out there. Mm-hmm. Make as much soup as you want. Yeah. Because sometimes you get some backwards country bumpkin. Right. He's been living on womp rats mm-hmm. and blue milk and dirt rabbits his whole life. You give him a nice meal. He doesn't yeah. know it. He's going to spit it in your green face. It's he's going to try to stand up and he's going to bonk his head like an idiot. I don't know what point you're making. <laughs> I, I was trying know. to see if Luke had ever had soup because it's too hot to eat soup on Tatooine. Probably I, had- I wasn't thinking of the temperature thing, but I think we were saying the same thing. That probably Luke had never had He'd soup. Never had soup before. Yoda made a perfectly decent soup yeah. because it was new for Luke. Now, let me hit you with this. Hit me. Do you think that uh, Luke had uh, vichyssoise? Is that how you pronounce it? How do you pronounce that soup? I don't even know what you're trying to cold pronounce. Cold soup. It's a, it's a genre of soup that is cold. Is not that. You're talking about gazpacho? No. Well, that's cold soup, too. Listeners... Write us in about what it's not how, what, what French word I'm I'm pronouncing wrong. Versace. I shall again fix it for the boys in post. The soup Riley is referring to is vichyssoise, a French soup made of pureed leeks or onions and potatoes, cream, and chicken stock, traditionally served cold. Yeah, that's it, Versace. <laughs> has he ever had Versace <laughs> cologne? Just yeah, look at him. Yeah, obviously he has. Yoda or Luke? <laughs> Luke. I don't know. I think that guy smells pretty bad. Probably does. He's Everyone on Tatooine's got to smell. What if they all smell really good? That's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Master and Apprentice. I want to talk about a detail that was crazy. It was just thrown out there and dismissed and the plot moved on. But it seemed crazy to me that um, I think it was, it was Dooku talking to Qui-Gon. He said, when I found you, you were like giving future readings on the docks for a couple of bucks a pop like he told him that like when he was a kid yeah he was this street rat yeah who was just like using his powers to make money yeah which infuriated me because that's the idea that i had for qui-gon <laughs> that i was if i was going to do a qui-gon origin story i wanted him to be like a street urchin who grew up claudia gray stole it she got in your brain claudia gray she got I, in your brain i can understand it. how you could steal zirka from us which existed before <laughs> But how are you getting in my brain? I don't know. I don't know how she's doing it. But that was really cool. That is, Yeah, that is very cool. And it made it seem like Qui-Gon was really old when Count Dooku found him. Yeah, he was older than, than Yuge. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, there was the one guy who was five. Was this Rail? Rail. Rail, Rail was, was five. Old, yeah, Rail. They, they mentioned Rail was the oldest until and Anakin, we know, but he, he was, was only there. five years old. So, like yeah. they mentioned, Rail was five when we brought him to the council, and Obi Wan's yeah. like five. Yeah, I was old, ancient. and I was three. Right. And you're supposed to be like, what? Yeah, I know. I like that they're expounding on that more. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, this book does a good job, and at the same time, a, ba- a bad job. <laughs> bad of um. Sometimes it can take the subtext a little too far. In situations like that, I feel like that's Claudia Gray saying the fact that all these people think it's normal to take a child at two mm-hmm. is a little weird. Maybe yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm projecting onto the text, which is very possible. No, it seems like it's that's the intention. That's the intention. Now there are other times in this book where I think it 
it needs to be it needed to be more explicit because it didn't come through that she was um saying something about something in star wars like droids i I, a theme in this book that i wanted to talk about were droids Ah, and droids rights because we have a constant theme on our show constant theme on our show and yet no one deals with it yet and i need someone we're to we're to the point now where someone needs to write a book specifically about a droid uprising about the way droids are treated we're just the ones to do it we are just the ones to do it our next episode we sit down in front of that computer when we write and we write till we're done. We each take a word. <laughs> the best way to write a novel. <laughs> Who gets to write for what character? <laughs> I always love hearing that. Um, but so there's an early example. There is like a hunting of the foxes tradition that this that this uh, society has. This planet that Obi Wan and Qui Gon are on, and they're going along because they're they're worried there might be a terrorist attack while they're they're hunting. Um, and Obi-Wan is like really freaked out that he might have to go hunt an animal. It seems kind of like, it seems, you know, to him it seems like immoral that they're going to hunt this. It is, it is pretty much like fox hunts like they used to do where you get on horses, you chase, you send the hounds after a fox and whoever kills it first wins, which I'll go on record for this too. I don't like hunting very much. I don't either. uh, Especially for sport. Like I understand there are situations where people have to hunt for certain reasons not so much where we live um i was i was listening to this like chris rock stand-up thing where he talked about that and he's like i don't understand people say that you you have to hunt yeah. it's like i went hunting with someone one time we passed two grocery stores on the way <laughs> yeah and I, that's my always that's always my thing is like nobody has to hunt right. to eat anymore right. really where we live not a not an issue i can go to kroger um the moral way but especially hunting for sport, like the, the yeah. thought of a fox hunt or something like that, just doesn't sit right with me. Um, and it didn't sit right with Obi-Wan either. So right. Qui-Gon, and, and this is not played for like irony or anything like that. Qui-Gon's just like, no, they got rid of that barbaric system a long time ago. They now have a droid. They send the droid out and they go and they hunt the droid. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like the droid, it's kind of questionable whether or not it's like a sentient droid. It's not like they're sending 3PO out there. But, but at the same time, this is a droid that has been programmed for one specific purpose. It has enough sentience to run away and sometimes fight back and yeah. like things like that. Well, see, 3PO is hired to talk to moisture evaporators. I mean, yeah. I think that every piece of technology in Star Wars is a little yes. bit sentient. There's a little bit. Uh, yeah, all the AI has a little bit of life in it, in yeah. my opinion. So. For me, that's a part of the book where it's not it, – it did not seem like they were pointing anything out that like, oh, it's you – know. They didn't point out the direct irony no. of the fact that it's they just don't like, care about slavery. Don't worry. We're not killing an animal. We're just killing we're just Just killing sword. a droid. Yeah. And yeah. That, was, um, that was kind of annoying to me, especially because so much of this book is about Zerka and slavery and how important it is for, for Zerka to own all these slaves, which I agree – but at the same time, I'm glad that you're on record as hating. I I am glad I one of us is. <laughs> yes, one of us at least is on record. But there is no um, there is no point where they talk about droids needing rights or that right. it's okay. Like you know, they're like, well, instead of having slaves, why don't you just have droids? Well, they're more expensive, and that's yeah. that's the reason they're not using droids. Right. So that's a minor point in the book because the book really is not about that. But I just feel like. This is like the third or fourth book in New Canon that I've read where I go, something's not right here. I think we need to talk about droids and the way they're treated. Not us. I just mean like Star Wars needs to talk about the way droids 
are treated in in Star Wars. We're going to sit down. We're going to take this one word at a time. Yeah, we're going to write it. We're, we're going to write the great American droid novel. Call me Ishmael Bot 3000. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Futurama joke, <laughs> honestly. I take that as a compliment. That's a good. I meant it as one. Okay. Um, well, let's wrap this up. We talked for like two minutes. Well, we talked for a lot longer than that. Well, because it's almost three o'clock. Okay. Listen, I got to go through a couple more points here. I really like this book. This book is so good. Is this a segment that we like to call quick hits? Quick, ooh, quick hitters. Quick hitters. Love that theme. I wanted to talk a little bit about Yoda more and his opinion. Is that his last name? Yoda more. (laughs) Yoda more. (laughs) And there's a point where him and Qui-Gon get into it about slavery. uh, Because Qui-Gon is very anti-slavery. And it's not that Yoda is pro-slavery. It's just like, you know, that's the way things are. We can't really deal with other... We can't force other cultures to conform to our standards, is what he's saying pretty much. So... When Qui-Gon brings this up, I don't know if you've heard the term whataboutism, probably have. Right. It's on Twitter all the time, where, right. you, where you bring up, you're like, this person is mistreated in Ohio. And they go, well, people are way more mistreated in, in West Virginia. Right. And it's just like, okay, that's, a, of, totally, that's a totally out there. Instead of addressing one problem, you right. bring up a different problem. Right. So like, yes, that should be fixed too. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. So Qui-Gon does that. He's like, I'm talking about these slaves. And and Yoda starts talking about, um, he's like, well, what about this species of spiders that eat their young? You know, mm. before the, it's a sentient species, but they're like spider-like. And like spiders, they eat some of their young before they've fully matured. And he's like, uh, what about this species that when they get past a certain age, they kill their old ones? Like when people get past the age of 60, they kill all the old ones. They put people. them on an ice flow? They put them on an ice flow. And Qui-Gon, I love his response. He's like, this isn't, I'm not talking about a specific culture's uh, problem that we need to go in and fix. There are human slaves. There are humans taking slaves from other humans. This is happening on Coruscant. Why aren't we doing anything about this? And Yoda says it doesn't matter it's not the jedi's place to question the republic oh which it, qui-gon has a big problem with qui-gon and yoda fight a lot in this book yeah and, and yoda's the only one who didn't appoint who didn't vote for him to join the council right which comes out later he's like an nbc executive who didn't pick up community yeah. and wanted to cancel <laughs> yes exactly like, that. like that um but I, I found that point very interesting that Yoda doesn't think it's the Jedi's place to, to, to question the Republic. And so Qui-Gon is like, I think at that point in the book, he doesn't say it, but around that point, I think he's made his decision that he's not going to join the council because yeah. he's very much on the, the fence of like, or not on the fence, he's very much on the side of like, the Jedi serve the Force, we don't serve the Republic. If we see the Republic is being morally corrupt, we have to fix that. I, I like might, that. I think you might like my fan fiction a little bit. I I think I will. Can I you, don't know. I need help with mine. I want you to help me with mine. Well, you want to put a comma oh. after some words. Oh, okay. And a period after a sentence. Oh, that's all I needed. That's, that's all I figured out. <laughs> that's, that's all I needed, buddy. Yeah, good, good. Uh, so I like that. The light doesn't serve the Republic is something Qui-Gon says. At, at yeah, like that, I wrote that down too. Really good. Um, 
prophecy. Let's talk a little bit about prophecy. Boy, oh book. boy, there was a big old drop, yeah. a big yeah. old prophecy drop. Yes. Do you have that? Because I, I didn't write the the, the prophecy down. Ooh. I don't. I don't. I, I might have it in a note. Let's see. Um, no, I don't think I have it. But there was a there was a certain uh, implication that like that which gives birth to the light will also give birth to darkness or something like that. Yeah. Or she who is born of darkness will give birth to darkness. Yes. That's the big one. Yeah. And that seemed to apply to Leia. Yes. Born of darkness. Very Vader interesting. Gives birth to darkness. Yeah. So th- there's a, there's just a whole underlying theme. One of the other major themes I think of this book is prophecy. Yeah. Everyone goes through their phases. Like you have, um, Dooku was into very much into the Jedi prophecies. Then he fell out of it. Then Qui-Gon, Rail, like, kind of turned Qui-Gon onto the prophecies when he was younger. He got invested in them, and then Dooku came back and was invested in them again. Then eventually everyone kind of dropped it. Or no, Dooku, I don't know if he dropped it or not, but he's he's kind of out of contact in this. He's not, they don't obviously don't know that he what he's doing at this point. Right, right. Um, but, and then near the end of this, or in the middle of this book, Qui-Gon again turns to the prophecies because he starts having dreams, premonitions, and so he's like, he's very much in tune with the Jedi prophecies in this book, and you can see it's kind of what gets it back into it. And w- the sections that actually deal with like specific prophecies are very cool. They're very cool. Yeah. One of them seems specifically about Rise of Skywalker. It yeah. talks about an evil once thought dead will rise again, I know. which you could apply to just the Sith in general, but you could also, but you apply, can also apply it to it old Palpy coming back. Old teen Palp. So, um,. I think for just like the prophecy talk in this book alone, because it's definitely the most in-depth we've gotten yeah, on prophecy. for sure. Possibly even in old canon. I don't remember anything that dealt with prophecy. And I can't believe you haven't mentioned this, but the Jedi in Sith Coder in this book, the one from KOTOR, which the, was oh, not in any other form of canon yes. until this book. Here's, here's the quote, because I loved this quote. Okay. I had to write it down. So... um. I can't remember who was talking, if Qui-Gon was talking. Anyway, he's just talking about the days of old. He says, millennia ago, back in the days of legend, when the Sith still governed much of the galaxy. Mm. So I love the little yeah. callback back in the days of legend, which is a great Good. little callback to, to legends. Is that the best decision ever to call it not old canon, but to call it legend? We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. But yes. It was a great decision. It's very good. Because it leads to so many moments like that. Um, so I like that little callback. It's seriously... What if it was like back in the days of old canon? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one over there. That, that old that canon old that we canon. don't use anymore. Uh, but that it was just a little throwaway line, but it warmed my heart a little bit that there was a time now in new canon, officially, there was a time where there were tons of Sith all over the galaxy. Yeah. Kind of in control of it. Again, more than two. More than two. Again, maybe opening the way for future things. You know, they can build off this one little line. Maybe that was a line that they said, hey, Claudia, put this line in there somewhere. Hey, Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Got a little something for you. Um, I just want to do a, a couple more quotes because here's a great quote from this book, from this actual published book. Okay, good. Let's hear it. <laughs> Mace quote, Mace Windu drew himself upright and folded his, folded his hands together in a formal gesture of respect. That's right. His <laughs> traditional listening his position. Traditional listening. 
traditional listening position also doubles as a formal gesture of respect. He's got the traditional listening <laughs> position. Uh, here's a good one of of Qui Gon's thoughts. The council had a habit of interpreting silence as agreement. Yes, that's sometimes, another good one. Sometimes he just wouldn't reply to them because, you know, they would interpret his silence as him agreeing with it, yeah. even though he wasn't. But it was easier for him to get out of the room <laughs> that way. Liked that. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Obi Wan is worried about Qui Gon disobeying the the council, and you know getting they they're worried about looking too much into these prophecies can lead to the dark side qui-gon says i'm not turning to the dark side not every disagreement with jedi orthodoxy turns you into a sith lord overnight yeah there are so many like great quotes in this book mostly from qui-gon he calls it the orthodoxy he calls it the jedi orthodoxy it's always it's just always interesting yeah when the jedi referred to his religion we have not heard it very many times right We've heard it basically like Last Jedi, Last Jedi, and A New Hope. That's yeah, kind of it. Yeah, yeah. So I really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, when facts collided with ideals, Qui Gon preferred to change the facts. He rules in this book. He's great. I don't know exactly what that means or what it was in reference to, but I Sounds wrote it down. Clever. Sounds very clever. Um, and then here's a here's something that I didn't write down because it's. A little too long. I'm just going to play a clip of it. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. It's too long for me to write. Okay. Um, it, there's there's a lot of discussion around Qui-Gon in general being, you know, a quote-unquote gray Jedi. Oh, and yeah. And that he's not, really, he's not really a light side user. Like, mm. he is, but he, you know, he goes against the Jedi so much. And this section of the book is Qui-Gon and Rail arguing. Rail has... has gone a little crazy after the the princess's betrayal and he kind of doesn't see the point of sticking to the jedi order anymore or like choosing the light side over the dark it doesn't matter to him anymore and this clip is is qui-gon's response to that and it's really really cool so here it is because they were a hell of a lot more interesting than anything else you could learn out of books rail said still i never took that stuff literally Qui-Gon raised an eyebrow. Dooku believed in them once, and eventually did again. At the last word he went on the attack, Qui-Gon swung his blade, sharp short moves that forced Rail back several steps until they stood together at the center of the terrace. But Rail remained undaunted. Dooku left the Jedi. You've got to admit, it doesn't sound like he's putting his full faith in the Jedi teachings anymore. Do you still have faith? Qui-Gon asked, taking a step forward. Their lightsabers weren't touching, but were so close, sparks crackled between them. That's all that matters here. Let's say I do, Rail answered. Let's say I believe that someday there's going to be perfect balance in the Force, thanks to some kind of chosen one. Did you ever really think about what that would mean, Qui-Gon? It would mean... The darkness would be just as strong as the light. So it doesn't matter what we do because in the end, hey, it's a tie. It doesn't matter which side we choose. Qui-Gon straightened and deactivated his blade. Rail took a step back, lowering his lightsaber but keeping it on. It matters, Qui-Gon said quietly. It matters which side we choose. 
Even if there will never be more light than darkness. Even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain. For every action we undertake, for every word we speak, for every life we touch, it matters. I don't turn toward the light because it means someday I'll win some sort of cosmic game. I turn toward it because it is the light. That's a uh, that's a great quote, just for your context, Jake. He says he, he talks about choosing why choosing the light matters, whether right. or not like it, it's it's just a it's a really when you listen back to the episode you'll love it. It's oh, great. I can't wait it's to a, listen. It's a great quote. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess that's pretty much all I had. There were this this. Oh man, Qui Gon knew the Council would be wrong about many things. He felt they allowed the Jedi Order to become a sort of Chancellor's police rather than concentrating on knowing the Force. Yeah, there's so many great quotes in this that this this book is kind of a subtle knife takedown <laughs> of um the Jedi Order in a way. Yeah, from Qui Gon's perspective, and in the end, kind of Obi Wan's perspective, because the book ends with them kind of reconciling their differences, realizing that they need each other. Their differences right. actually make them stronger together, and um, they they sort of have their happy ending. And then there's like an epilogue where. Where it's it's uh, Obi Wan talking with Yoda, I think after Qui Gon's dead, which is kind of touching. Mm. Uh, it fast forwards to post Phantom Menace, but it's just overall, it's a great book. Well, I think this good Qui Gon content, good Qui content, Qui Gon content, Qui Gon content. There we go. I, there we go. I think that this is now the earliest book we have in new canon. Yes, as far as the timeline goes. Yeah, because this is because Queen's Shadow is all post. Tipum. Post Tipum? Yep. Yeah, it's in between Tipum and Ark. Mm -hmm. So I think this serves as a useful prelude to yeah. Tipum. Yeah. It really the does. The aforementioned Phantominus. It's one of those books that I think when you read it and then you watch The Phantom Menace, it's yeah. going to make The Phantom Menace a little bit better when you see Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's interactions in that movie. What better compliment can you give a Star Wars book? Yeah. That it's good? That it's good. So. No, that's not good enough. No, not good enough. This book's great. This book's not good enough. I will give this book a rating on our patented rating scale. Good. Can't wait to hear it. Now, oh, earlier, okay. we had a secret segment. We did. A lot of people don't know this, but on our scale of mm -hmm. one to three, which one has three. pluses and minuses. Pluses course, and minuses, of course. There is a secret fourth. Right. There is. I don't... I, I'm going to be real stingy with that secret fourth, okay? Yeah. Okay. Because it means something. When you give a book, it a matters when fourth. you choose the fourth. It matters. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Not good, sir. It matters it's though, great. when you choose the fourth. <laughs> and I, I, I can't just, I can't just hand it out. Some things are no sacred. handouts. You no always handouts. like to say <laughs> every book's getting a trophy these days <laughs> just for participation. No, I don't think so. Not in my book. Oh no! I shut down. Um. <laughs> I think I'll shut down for a while. I will actually, though, give this like. I might give this book a three plus. Three plus. I might give this book a three plus. That's the highest one so far. It's a solid three. No, yeah. no doubt in my mind, it's a three. But there are times after reading those quotes, I'm like, yeah, this is a three plus, man. A lot of good moments. Really, a lot of moments. good moments. Very good. Game I can't wait moment. to finish it. Yeah, Game. you should finish it. I'm Game sorry I moment. spoiled it. Yeah, I'm not interested anymore, actually. 
No, it's good even with the sport. Yeah. It, this is not a plot-heavy book, no. I think we've mentioned. Uh, it's the worth twist, reading. The twist was fun in the moment, Yeah, but it doesn't make or break the book. A lot of things are fun in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I... <laughs> but for another week... Hey, let me tell you something real quick. Uh-huh. I'm, just seeing you. How long, I'm just seeing how long we've been recording. I'm just looking. Hard to say. We're good. Review us on the iTunes page for the the love of God. Please. For the love of me and Riley, at least. If you love us. You love us. If you tolerate us. If you accept us even a little (laughs) bit into your ears every week, Mm -hmm. hit the five-star button. Yeah, we've been stuck at 30 for a while. Yeah. I just checked on some other podcasts that aren't as good as us. (laughs) And they surpassed us. Yeah, they had like a thousand, oh, which was, I was like, what? We're better than them. <laughs> We're better than Serial. Running from the cops, that podcast isn't that great. Ooh, that podcast is actually really good. I know. Hey, you know what? I'm going to plug, uh, what is that network called? Not Heavyweights. That's another good podcast, but it's not that. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever this network is that produces Running from the Cops, oh, listen to that. Yeah. It's really good. Once more, I will fix it in post by saying Jake was trying to think of the podcast network named Headlong. And listen to the Y2K one they did, too. I didn't listen to that one. Is it worth it? Yeah, it's really okay, good. Okay, I'll listen to it. Um, it's about Y2K. Oh, so, I was there, too. Yeah, so was James Mercer. No, James Murphy from LCD Sound System goes there. It doesn't matter. What matters is this has been delicately created long-form discussion of the International Blood Star Wars Rangers. Saga Taylor to the Modern Fanatic brought to you Dedicated. lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. It's been out for like a week and a half at this point and you're listening. Jake. So go, go buy Dedicated by Carly Please can't buy music takeover at this point. No, it's Carly. Sorry. Sorry to break it to you. Carly's taking over yeah! this episode. <laughs> Our worst one yet. Our worst one yet. Might be. Desists. Now here's an issue I just thought of. I don't know if there's any, is there any volume on the stream? Let me see. Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> this is a nightmare. All right, there is audio. <laughs> that was like some kind of horror. That was. Film? Horror film. We're streaming. So now that we figured out figured out our streaming sitch, uh, our- what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Master and Apprentice? You want to start there? Yeah, let's start there. Master and Apprentice. Yeah, Master and the Apprentice. Master and the Apprentice. Okay. It's not and the Apprentice. Don't (laughs) don't call it that. (laughs) Now I have to. I thought about making that joke constantly throughout this episode and decided I shouldn't. (laughs) The Master and the Apprentice. The Master. The Master and and Apprentice. Far side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Oh, the franchise that should have been. Okay, uh, you, me? How about I host? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I've seen that movie once in my life, but I couldn't tell you what it's about. I don't about. think I ever have. Is that uh, a Ben Stiller flick, or is it a... It's an 
Owen uh, Wilson. Owen Wilson flick. And okay. what's his name? An Owen Wilson joint. It's an um, Owen Wilson joint. The um, guy is not really in a lot anymore. The main guy. Boy, I can't think of his name. Boy. I don't know. Good thing we're not doing this live. Vince. It's a guy that Gilligan. looks like Vince Vaughn. Vince, Vince Vaughn. Gilligan. That's who I was trying to think of. <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn. Okay. Looks like I'm still here fixing in post, even in the bloopers. They were trying to think of the actor Magdalene. If you're on YouTube, you, you like the lists. Mm. You like numbers. Mm. I feel like I'm screaming because I have because you have headphones headphones on. on. Here, let me pop up your volume a little bit. Is that better? Pump up the volume. Pump, pump it, it up. up. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. You're definitely louder to me. Okay. <laughs> I always seem very loud to myself. Yeah. So it's hard to say. That combines Master and Commander and The Apprentice. Yeah. Put the microphone like right up here so that it's like right in front of your nose so that it's like you think it's blocking your vision in your face, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe not that. Okay. Right there. Oh, you got so much louder and better. I love it. That was much louder. I'm going to turn okay, it down yeah. a little bit, but yeah, we're good now. That's fine. Oh, you sound... <laughs> the dulcet tones of Jake. Do I people, sound like a real adult podcast? You've never heard them before. <laughs> a lot of times you can't because I'm talking to the microphone wrong. <laughs> exactly. Boy, going to our early episodes. That was a constant problem. It Usually was. one of us was too quiet. It And it got fixed for a little bit, but for some reason it's been, it's been creeping back. back. Came back. Yeah. But I, you sound great right I now. I brought it back. Mm-hmm. Um. Can I review the new Vampire Weekend album then? Yeah, can I review it too? Yeah. I don't like it. Oh, let's have a conversation. Okay. This is YouTube Live. YouTube Live. Podcast people don't have to hear this stuff. Maybe it'll be in the bloopers, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Carly reviews Jepsen won't be in the bloopers. Uh, That's staying in. Oh, good. Doubling it. <laughs> good. <laughs> Double it, bold, underline. Yep. Uh, good, good. No, That'll help just, us gain some I, listeners. I just listened to the new Vampire, what is it, Father of the Bride? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, takes to, a couple listens to be uh, and maybe that's fair i only gave it one listen and to be fair i wasn't a fan of modern vampires in the city or whatever it was i i yeah kind of fell off of them after contra which i think is a masterpiece i love contra i agree i agree Contra's I, so good i think that modern vampires that was one that it also took me a couple listens because mm-hmm. it was a, a leap in style slightly yes this one is the same uh I, my issue with it is only i think that there are too many songs and i don't mm. think it's as tight an album as their last as basically everything else in their catalog yeah that can be a problem they're a real they're a real like 10 song group i feel like they should have 10 I songs i think on those album. first two albums that had 10 songs yeah hard to find anything to dislike with those 10 yeah. songs modern no filler vampires. no filler all killer one might say there might have been some filler in modern vampires yeah might have been some filler in this mm-hmm. new album but but songs that are killer <laughs> are killer are killer wow yeah that's my review Okay, and then good, I listened I to the new national album yesterday. You didn't have a fun name for that, huh? Oh, this is called um, uh, Ezra Koenig. Is a guy who is on the album. Bad name. How about like father uh, of the? You've you've heard of Sarah Koenig, the mother of podcasts. How about Ezra Koenig, a segment on our show? That's good. That's yeah. very good. Okay. I hey, let's call this a segment called "Learning from the Best." <laughs> so many segments. And I'll put that in. Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> oh my god! But what a terrible choice we made no, for the YouTube episode. No, we're gonna entice him in with this, and if you want the production, you have to 
you know, listen to our podcast. That's right. All one of you listening. We'll get one listener. Um, everyone counts. Everyone counts. You count. You. I don't know who's listening. Cause I think it's uh, Old Subtle Knife. Oh, it's MJ. MJ. Hi, MJ. 